You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I am Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we're going to be talking about everything that occurred this week. Of course, we're going to be taking you through uh, another sweep. Oh, yawn, yawn, a casual sweep of the last place Oakland Athletics. Um, it almost feels like games didn't happen between now and the Astros series, but they, in fact, did. The Yankees won all of them against top-quality pitching competition, too. So that's, you know, nothing to sneeze at. But if you want to sneeze at it, you can sneeze at it if you really want to. Another beautiful sweep. Plus, Alex Rodriguez with some interesting contract pitches for Aaron Judge and a lot of Freddie Freeman drama on the West Coast. Remember when the Yankees maybe wanted him or he wanted us? Uh, not sure how that netted out, but the Yankees have Anthony Rizzo, who has 20 home runs already, and Freddie Freeman is thinking about Atlanta every second of every day and every time he puts on a Dodger uniform. So I guess we have to address that too. We have a special guest with us today, though. It's not just me and Thomas Carinante, a.k.a. Tommy's Takes. Um, those watching the live stream just saw my name tag say Tommy's Takes, and I seamlessly edited it away before any of you <laughs> noticed. I'm still going to bring it up. Um, we have a third person in the booth rendezvousing with us today. It is Jason Tyler, Special Olympic Senior Vice President of Global Communications and Brand. Jason is here because he is a diehard Yankee fan, but also Jason and I spent a pretty special night uh, together at Yankee Stadium a few weeks back. And those of you who are uh, fans of the team who, you know, attend Friday night games or, or watch every game might have noticed Jason on the field uh, with global ambassador Glaber Torres and Wilson Gutierrez from the Cubs was there too. And they made a pretty special presentation to Special Olympics New York. Uh, so, Jason, thanks so much for joining uh, Thomas and myself. How are you? Uh, how are you doing in the two weeks or so uh, aftermath of that night? And and was Glaber Torres as dreamy in person as he looks on television? Well, first of all, I'm thrilled to join you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Whenever I could talk Yankees baseball, it's definitely a highlight. Um, I'm doing very well. I mean, certainly we had that night um, when the Yankees played the Cubs and uh, beat the Cubs. Um, but of course, our Yankees are well in first place, are well in first place if you look at the standings overall. So um, nothing can make me happier. I mean, certainly that is a, a huge, huge uh, place to be in, uh, advantageous place to be in. And I am absolutely um, thrilled about that. Yeah, we had a great night, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us um, uh, with our athletes and our coaches um, Special Olympics is very grateful to you, to the fan-sided family, to the Minimedia family. Uh, we had a great um, experience on the field with some Special Olympics athletes as the Yankees uh, did a presentation and surprised us with a $10,000 check, which was fabulous. Um, after we spent some time talking with our two global ambassadors. Now, if you think about it, the, the Yankees and the Cubs really don't come together too much uh, to play one another. It's uh, years and years apart um, between competition. So having two of our global ambassadors in the same place at the same time and competing against one another was very much uh, um, a perfect storm for us. So fortunately, both um, Gleyber Torres and Wilson Contreras, both who are global ambassadors, were more than excited to um, spend some time with us before the game on the field uh, talking with some of our Special Olympics New York athletes, um, helping us promote our upcoming Unified Cup, which is going to be in Detroit, which is our international soccer tournament. And most importantly, to really push for inclusion for people with intellectual disabilities 
around the world, knowing full well that the Yankees are a international, a global brand. Uh, the Cubs are certainly a formidable brand as well. And both gentlemen come from Venezuela, and we've got some very strong programming down in Latin America. But it was uh, fabulous to spend time with Glaber and Wilson and some of the Yankees. Um, Aaron Boone came out. Uh, we were able to see Bam Bam Mullins, uh, Hensley Mullins, uh, who told us he's been involved with Special Olympics for quite some time in California. Um, and of course, uh, Adam, you spent some time with uh, with the the group in the judges' chambers, which was also a, a nice treat, um, courtesy of the Yankees. But most importantly, in addition to talking with our athletes and talking about inclusion, um, we got a victory, and uh, nothing could make those from New York happier who uh, are attending a game at Yankee Stadium um, than a, a victory, uh, especially against a, um, a formidable uh, team in uh, the Cubs from the National League. And I say that because Wilson's having a fabulous year, and we're certainly happy that Wilson's having such a terrific year. I wouldn't mind seeing him in pinstripes one of these days, but that's another story. Great um, transition, because I know that you are someone who watches the trade deadline, kind of like a hawk. And like a, a couple of weeks ago when we were together, it sort of felt uh, more realistic that maybe Contreras is going to be a target this year. Since then, Jose Trevino is maybe an American League All-Star, which, again, an absurd sentence. And, and the game that we went to, he walked off. So, you know, at that time, he was kind of a feel-good story. Now, here we are at the end of June, and he might potentially represent the American League in the All-Star game. I, I don't – I mean, Contreras as a, as a mid-season fit, possibly as a long-term fit, definitely. Um, but as we approach the second half, sort of what are you eyeballing in terms of, of changes to this roster, if any, because – you know, we are Yankee fans. We are 56 and 20. But then again, like what team doesn't retool at the deadline? So is there anything specific that you're still looking at as a fan? Just like who, who do you what, what changes do you want to see made? Well, actually, I want to see the opposite, which is uh, for us to say goodbye to some personalities that, uh, frankly, uh, haven't been producing. Um, and certainly it would take a lot of magic to make it happen. But I really don't think we need Chapman anymore. Um, I know you and I have talked about that. Uh, Holmes is just uh, playing unbelievable baseball. I mean, stellar baseball, historic baseball, if you think about what he did with Mariano's record. And uh, right now, the formula, the bullpen formula is absolutely spectacular. It does remind me a bit of 96 and 98 uh, in that you've got the right ladder um, to the the big arm at the end of it. And then you've got other folks that can be that big arm as well. I mean, King is just such a, I wouldn't say he's a surprise, but he is certainly a shining star uh, within that bullpen. And uh, frankly, his stuff just, uh, it moves in ways that, um, that, you know, defy science. But um, I would like to see us try to find a different home uh, for Chapman. I know it's going to be a little tough for him from an ego standpoint to, not be the closer, although he's saying the right things right now. I hope that is uh, going to be reflected in his actions. Uh, so there's that. Of course, we've got the the glaring issue of Gallo. Um, and if we were able to find some place for, for Gallo to go, I know there are, there's one or two National League teams that might be a good home for him. Uh, but of course, we've got that salary to concern ourselves with. Uh, it's no problem finding um, a solution uh, for right field or the outfield in general, wherever they would wind up putting Gallo. We've got other folks that are on the bench that don't necessarily need to be on the bench. I mean, uh, there are folks that are producing big time when they do have their opportunity from an offensive standpoint, and they're great from a defensive standpoint. And then we get some great young talent that I'd love to start seeing get um, some playing time and get familiar with the Bronx. And uh, listen, it doesn't, it, it's um, no mystery that it takes a certain constitution as an individual to be successful in New York. Um, Gallo may not have that. Uh, but we do know that there are some young talent that may have that, and I'd love to give them a shot sooner than later, knowing full well we're strong across the board. Um, I think Trevino is is certainly a very pleasant surprise, but I would really like to see um, Austin Wells uh, get a shot um, as uh, backup learning from Trevino. Um, as much as I, um, I like Higgy, Higgy is just not producing. So I would rather see moves the other way than us necessarily going out there to try to acquire. I know we might be looking for a center fielder. Um, don't necessarily think we, we need to look 
in, in that place. Um, we've got a great one in probably the best player in baseball right now and moving judge to, to right field. I wouldn't want to, to ruin the, that mojo, if you will. So uh, that's my two cents. There are some other moves I would like to make, but I don't think they're, they're going to happen. Yeah. Isn't that nuts, Jason? Like I agree too. We have so many young guys who I think deserve a chance. You got JP Sears this year off to an historic start last year. Luis Heel did the same thing. So the Yankees can't afford to give some more play younger guys, uh, a cup of coffee at the big league level, see what they're capable of. And then, Hey, maybe they don't have to go out and trade assets. Maybe they don't have to make the big splash. Um, and speaking of differences, you know, you look at a guy like Gallo who is literally one of the worst players in major league baseball, unfortunately. Um, and the Yankees are somehow weathering this storm. And Adam and I talk about this all the time, and I want to get your opinion on this. What is What do you think the biggest difference is between the 2021 Yankees and this year's version? Because last year, you're a diehard. You were in tune to every game. It was torture to watch that season. 92 wins somehow ended up being torture, but start to finish, there was you hardly had a week of just outside of that 13-1 stretch or whatever it was, or 13-game win streak or whatever it was. There was no way for you to just sit back and take a breath. Now we've, we've been able to kick up our feet for the entirety of this year so far um, and enjoy ourselves. But what do you think, you know, maybe one or two things that, that has really changed the identity of this team from the last year? Well, thank you for that question. Um, I do have a few points that I think are very, very important that have um, uh, pretty much been a part of our success uh, so far in uh, 2022. And uh, one of them, and probably the most important is health. I mean, we're seeing that um, our big stars are healthy. Now, I, I hope I didn't jinx that. I'm going to knock on wood here. But we're talking about Judge and Stanton being in the lineup for the most part um, at the same time. I mean, of course, Stanton was out for, for a little bit. Uh, but when those two guys are, are healthy and together, I mean, it's just uh, a different planet that uh, we play on. And it's fantastic to see. But I also think a full season of Rizzo is absolutely huge for us. I mean, this is a guy who won a platinum glove, not just gold gloves, but a platinum glove. And his calmness, his leadership, his poise, he says the right things, he does the right things. And I think he's been hitting in a little bit of bad luck, which is why his average is a, a bit down. Um, his contact is phenomenal. Uh, it's, it's really good, but he's obviously hitting in a, a, a little bit of, of luck that is going against him. But the guy's a, a beast when it comes to hitting the ball out of the park. Uh, his swing is um, fantastic. So you've got that. I think the maturity of some of the uh, younger pitchers in our bullpen is also very important, not to mention the health factor with like uh, Severino um, coming back in such a big way. And I like Severino's uh, moxie too. I mean, the guy's got such a great attitude and perfect for the Bronx, and he just loves playing in the Bronx. Um, It's really good to see somebody like him um, healthy, happy, and very, very productive. Um, but I really do like the maturity of what's happened with our bullpen. I mean, you've got some young pitchers that are given a chance and have really, really produced. I really want Schmidt to to come back and, uh, uh, you know, be um, uh, the Schmidt that he was uh, just a few days ago because we could really use him. And who knows, he he might be uh, a long-term solution at starter if, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen if somebody does falter. But um, I think it's those factors and a few others, but those are the major ones. Yeah, that's why I'm so trepidatious at the deadline, too. I I understand when people say, you know, look at what the rotation just did. Tyone is struggling. Nestor's a little tired. Don't you want Luis Castillo? But but then again, if you're trading for Luis Castillo, you're trading Clark Schmidt and J.P. Sears and Everson Pereira and probably a fourth bat. Like, is is it is the production increase with the Castillo really worth sacrificing Sears, Schmidt, all that depth when Sears you know, historic, barely even begins to cover it. We take it for granted these days because we're Yankee fans watching a 56 and 20 team. And like, if me now looked at me last year on Twitter, that person would be embarrassed (laughs) for that human. But like, we are now watching a team that is, is in the best division in baseball and is at this point running away with the best division in baseball. And they're calling up a guy to be their sixth starter, who is the first person in Yankee history to go like five plus shutout innings in each of his first two starts with three or fewer hits allowed. And we're watching Sears against an all-star and Frankie Montas. And we're just going like, Oh, he's winning two nothing against one of the best pitchers in the American league. Of course he is. Why would JP Sears be allowing a run? And when someone like Tyone gives up three in the first, you're like three runs. That's unconscionable. And then he doesn't give up another one. And you're like, Oh, right. Like this team always bounces back to a middle ground, Um, which sort of brings me to to a place where 
you know, I'm having not trouble watching this team. Obviously, it's a joy to watch this team, but you start getting the 98 Yankees comparisons leaking in and you start trying to tell yourself this team isn't like that because you know how that story ends, right? You know that story ends with a ring. So you're like, stop it. I don't want to hear it. But then you look up at the end of June and their records are the same. Like, do you feel the same watching this team as you did watching 98? And I guess the, the secondary part is the team is so good. Do you take singular losses or series losses harder this year because of how talented they are? Or are you able to shake it off and realize that like they don't have to be perfect. They just have to get to October intact. Like where do you feel the pressure is right now? So Adam, there's a lot to unpack there. A lot of good stuff to unpack. Yeah, I I went, I went wild. (laughs) No, no, I love it. I love it. Um, Let me start with um, probably the last point you brought up, which are the losses. Um, The losses don't bother me as much as long as we're not losing series. But I will say that um, it gives me an opportunity to look forward to another win streak. You know, sure, I'd love to see a 20-game win streak, right? Wouldn't everybody want to see at least uh, a five-game win streak? But when we do have a loss, um, and even if it's two, like with the Astros, um, I just look forward to another another win streak. And, yeah, I guess we're a bit spoiled because of the season, but um, it, it doesn't bother me that much, frankly. As long as they're doing whatever they can do to win, and I know they are, and everyone's playing as hard as possible, um, I'm feeling comfortable. If I start seeing people who are, you know, players who are not running down that first baseline in those losses, that really does get to me. So it's a matter of things within the losses that really could um, get me, quite frankly, uh, annoyed and angry uh, because maybe we could have won if we just had a little bit more hustle. But I haven't seen a lot of that in the the 22 uh, Yankees. I've seen that in the team last year, yeah. I, I, it's it's definitely been evident in um, years prior. I mean, look at Sanchez. The guy barely um, crawled to first base when he made contact. You know, then then you go back to Cano, who didn't even – he forgot how to run, right? But um, so it doesn't bother me as much when, when we're, we're losing one, we're losing even two in the rare instance that we do. Um, I do think there are elements of 98, and I think there are elements of 96. And, I, and let me say – a little bit about 96 where it was literally a team. Like every, it was just one cohesive team and it wasn't 98 too, but you had folks that had come into their stardom a little bit then, but in 96, I mean, wow, that that was just such a surprise for baseball. I mean, I think even the Braves made a, a proclamation in 96 that the Yankees shouldn't have even been there. And then all of a sudden Joe Torrey walks into Steinbrenner's office and guaranteed four in a row. And, and it happened. And uh, I, I had the good fortune of being at game six in in 96. And it was just one of the most spectacular experiences of my life. So I see elements of both, um, but I really like w- the brand of teamwork that we're seeing because everyone likes each other, which is so rare. Everyone supports each other, which is so rare. And they're sharing information. So it's more than just simply tossing gum at a little mark on the field, which we saw the other night. It's folks helping each other out. And that is just not as common as it should be in professional sports. And it's so refreshing to see. And here's one last thing that I will say I I find to be incredibly refreshing is you're finally seeing players, uh, including thank yous to the fans for actually being a part of the victory and supporting them. Judge does it all the time, which is unbelievable to to hear. I wish more would do that. But he he turns around when he gets interviewed during those walk-offs, and he's like, we got the greatest fans in the world, and they're really a part of, of our team. They're an active part of our team. So I'd say there are elements of both. And then taking it one step further, um, it just the teamwork is uh, just unprecedented in my opinion. Yeah. The teamwork if, for me, you know, going back to the question I asked you before about the biggest differences that has been, you know, by far um, the biggest difference for me from last year into this year. I, you know, you, you talk about a guy like Gallo um, and he's still getting support from his teammates. Aaron judge has said, you know, it's tough for him. He understands, you know, the place that he's in and knows that it's difficult and that he has the support from his teammates. And, you know, just to draw a parallel here, that's what I love to see. Cause I thought last year there was a problem with the clubhouse. I can't tell you what it was. I'm not in there. Something was weird. It seemed like there was a disconnect. 
Um, and now there's more of that cohesion. And to draw another parallel, you know, Adam and I had the pleasure of volunteering for the Special Olympics uh, down in Orlando um, earlier this month. And the cohesion there was incredible. And the positive energy with just helping out the families, um, you know, seeing the athletes and how excited they were. Like, I think that goes so far into a team's success and their ability to get through the hard times or even just continue to power through the good times. Like the Yankees have dealt with adversity at times this season, but they've figured out a way to come together, bring this, uh, you know, get the cohesion all in a row and build off of all the success, which has resulted in them being 36 games over 500. Um, And that kind of segues me into my next question. Where do you stand on an Aaron judge contract extension or, you know, a free agency contract after the year ends? Because you mentioned, you know, he goes out of his way to thank the fans. He does talk about his teammates in a very positive manner. He talks about how the clubhouse is a great place. You know, he talks about Rizzo being a positive influence, Giancarlo Stanton, all the other, even the young guys, he, he finds a way to compliment. And this was a point of contention before the year started. You had the lockout that kind of screwed everything up. It didn't allow the Yankees to talk to him in the manner they probably wish they would have been able to. Um, and then they were pressed to get a deal done before opening day which an understandable deadline that he set. He's got to set boundaries as a player, separate the business from the game. Um, and now the price is going up, Jason. You're seeing it every single night. Every time Judge hits, <laughs> every time he gets a big hit, every time he gets a walk-off home run, that price tag is going up. So are you uncomfortable paying a high price? Do you not care because it's not your money? Do you want Judge and pinstripes for the rest of your life? Just tell us everything you feel about him as a future Yankee. I want to know all of it. Wow, everything. Yeah. Uh, first, let me um, address the first point you mentioned. I want to thank both of you for joining us in uh, Orlando for the USA Absolutely. Games. Absolutely. I wish I could have been there. I was supposed to be there leading the charge um, for uh, you and, and your family members at Fansided, but I got uh, stricken with COVID. So my apologies that I, I wasn't there in person, but you guys were spectacular. What you're going to be doing to help push for inclusion for people with intellectual disabilities is absolutely um, phenomenal. I know we, we provided some information on our health work, which Adam, as you know, that's one of the other reasons we were actually at the stadium. Uh, We were um, not only talking about unified cup, but we were working with uh, um, Glaber and Wilson to promote um, school of strength uh, and our version for the Latino community, which is called um, Escuela de Fuerza. And uh, people can find that on specialolympics.org. So again, thank you both for for joining us in Orlando. Now to to judge. I mean, listen, the guy, I'm going to be cheesy. He put the gavel down, right? He he basically said, listen, I'm going to better myself and I'm going to produce. And he did. And that's the type of guy you want to build your team around. And the Yankees um, have that in 2022 in droves. Why would you want to have that go away and potentially be a competitor of your team. So for me, let's give the guy what he deserves. Um, Let's make sure that it's a formidable long-term deal. The other thing that a lot of folks aren't talking about is, listen, baseball is a business, right? And one of the most important things is being able to merchandise your team to the fans. And so the fans um, are fans inside and out, you know, emotionally, but also they're showing their pride in the form of buying goods. Judge sells. He sells big time. I mean, he's one of the top jerseys, if not the top jersey out there right now. And um, I can't see the Yankees wanting to lose that. And I can't see them wanting to say goodbye to season ticket holders who, frankly, are, are there just to, to see the guy bash. Right. So he is um, he's not deficient in anything. I mean, he is a spectacular defensive player. He is a obviously one of the best, if, if not the best, offensive um, uh, uh, player. Um, and then, of course, you've got the leadership um, skills, and you can't teach some of the leadership qualities that he has. So, I mean, this guy is the next captain. Uh, I don't think many would argue that he's the number one candidate for that. Uh, makes all the sense in the world. And uh, New York, particularly the Yankees, should have one of the best faces in, in all of baseball uh, from an icon sta- standpoint. And he is certainly an icon, all six, seven of them. Yeah. So how many, <laughs> yeah. How, how many just like little kids 
or kids in Cubs jerseys when we were in the chambers would sneak in between innings to take their pictures in front of the judges chambers insignia. Like everybody wanted to get in there. And there's a reason because if you're coming to New York, whether you are a Yankee fan or whether like whether you're a fan who's visiting from the suburbs, this is your only trip to the stadium this year, or you're with the visiting team or you're in New York with your family, you don't care about baseball. You're probably at the stadium to see Aaron judge at this point. Um, And so the, the, the thing that always gets me is when there were rumors this week, Michael Kay went on the radio and said, the Yankees won't overpay for Aaron Judge's next contract. What does that mean? Like, what is yeah. an overpay? If he wants a, you know, if he wants a positional record-setting contract, he wants that $36 million a year, I think you have to entertain that. You have to figure out what the terms are. You have to figure out if it's, okay, is it that annual value for 10 years? Okay, probably not. And also that's probably not coming from anybody so judges camp can theoretically, you know, I think if judges camp is demanding 10 years and the most money per year that anyone has ever made, I think the Yankees are going to look him in the eyes and say, you know, find that somewhere else and come back to us and we'll see what we can do. But they're going to secretly doubt that he can find that. But if he wants to make the most money per year that any player has ever made, I think the Yankees can find a way to like, I don't think that's an overpay. I don't think anything is an overpay. Um, we have some poorly aged podcast rants from, before the season where we were like, you know, 213 million, like it might not be the most he'll get, but it's a fair offer. And then he's going to break Roger Maris's Yankees home run record. It's obviously <laughs> not a fair offer at all. I mean, we were incorrect. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's talk very briefly about y- what you have, what Alex Rodriguez is saying now. He-, he went on the air over the weekend and he took 10 years and $275 million the last time he took a Yankees contract at the age of 32 comparable but older than judge and and he's coming off an mvp year when he takes that deal judge could easily be the mvp this year uh i got in a twitter spat this morning about otani winning the mvp i don't want to talk about it it was a dark moment for me um but <laughs> arod was sort of pitching these alternative judge deals he said uh he's sort of at the edge of that steve cohen tax bracket and arod said how about 43.4 million annually for eight years or we beef it up to fifty million a year for the next five years. Now, I, like I would, I would consider. I mean, in in a vacuum where that's how baseball contracts work, I guess I would consider that. But fifty million a year for the next five years, nobody pays that. I mean, you are destroying that annual value record, and you're getting into territory where what do the Yankees do when they have to make a long term deal with somebody? They stretch it out rather than condense it. Like they gave DJ Lemayhew that sixth year which is okay with me, but they paid him a lower annual value by pushing that out one additional year. So I personally don't see the Yankees just saying, Aaron, let's lop that distance in half and we'll cram that money into a shorter term deal because it's the exact opposite of what they typically do. I don't know, Jason, do you have a preference here? Like, would you, are, are you sort of just willing to say, if Aaron Judge wants the record setting salary, it sounds like you're sort of willing to just say like, all right, let's find a way to get it done. But do you think it's how high do you think the Yankees ultimately do go? I think they go pretty high. Um, I also think it's a matter of the years that we're talking about. Yeah. And um, I also think it's also it's uh, it's relevant to the Yankees appetite to resist bringing in other additional big name and big names and big contracts. So hear me out a little bit. If the Yankees are willing, as we were talking about earlier, to let some of the young talent um, really show their stuff and you know know full well that some will pan out and some won't, um, and some may be stars or potentially superstars a few years down the road, um, then I think they could um, they could pretty much uh, um, pull out the wallet for for Judge. What I will also add is that the difference between somebody like A-Rod, and I know we weren't necessarily comparing the two uh, from a contract standpoint, but we were a little bit, is that A-Rod 
for a singular person, obviously a legend, um, obviously a big producer. He was good on both sides of, um, of the ball, offense and defense. But Judge has one thing over somebody like A-Rod, and that is Judge is the team. You know, with, when A-Rod was there, um, it was Jeter's team, and there was no questioning that, right? So A-Rod wasn't the, the lightning rod. Um, that, you know, a lot of folks uh, um, thought he could be if he was on another team because everything would be around him. He actually benefited a little bit by having some of that spotlight off of him. Let's forget about the uh, um, the tension between the two personalities, but it was Jeter's team. This is Judge's team. So if Judge leaves, a lot of dominoes fall. And that I don't think the Yankees can afford. Um, I mean, they could afford it more than other teams, but um, I don't think they're willing to go that route and have to rebuild again around who, who's going to be the person they rebuild around. Right now, there's really no other equivalent personality-wise or leadership-wise to judge. And, and certainly what he's able to shoulder, um, not just playing in New York, but the pressure of producing um, by all baseball fans across the league. There are judge fans who are not Yankee fans just simply because judges he's an icon and he's just doing things that are potentially historic so i don't think the yankees are willing to give that up and they they live that they breathe that they they clamor for it and they finally have it after how many years of not being successful that i think that's going to um help even more to the wallets opening up but cashman's no dummy i mean the guy's an incredibly savvy businessman um i think judge wants to stay but here's another thing that hasn't been talked about too much, and that is every Yankee fan's um, worst nightmare, and that is seeing Judge in um, Fenway. And nobody wants to see that happen, but it's a possibility if the Yankees don't produce. So there's also that point, too, that the Yankees don't want to see their big-time star, homegrown star, wind up up in uh, Massachusetts. So. There's a lot of factors, so I think the Yankees are going to to make it happen. He's got a lot of playing time in him, too. Yeah, that would be an absolute nightmare. Some of the some of the baseball writers and insiders are speculating that as the Reds, because you know the Red Sox have a ton of money. Their ownership group also has a hand in Liverpool, which prints money as well. So um, you know, Adam and I like to kind of just shove that away because they traded Mookie Betts, so we're just under the impression they're not going to do that. Um, but maybe that was the long play. The long play was to trade Mookie Betts to try to outbid us on the free agent market. Um, not even going to pay any mind to that though either. Um, what, the Yankees can't afford to let him go, even if you know. You, we always talk about this too. Like you're talking about a long term deal. So many of these bigger contracts, you're paying for regression at the end. You're losing four years of the deal. Um, you're kind of just throwing money away, but. On the flip side, the money that you're getting out of the prime years, which is really what matters, is usually around double what you're actually paying for. Like, you know, you had Judge last year under a $10 million salary, top, what was he, top three MVP finish, top four, whatever it was. Um, you know, that's, that's a $25, $30 million salary right there. Um, and even like you said before, he's bringing in tickets. He's getting people to the ballpark. His merch is selling. He's in all these ads. Um, the, the business of baseball is so layered, um, and you can't just take into account what you're doing on the field. You have to take into account, um, how you're bringing in other revenue streams. And he's a business guy in a multitude of ways. I think the Yankees do respect that in a sense, and they do see the value there. Um, and you know, we talk, you, we just mentioned DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu was somebody who produced wildly for two years and Hal Steinbrenner saw the value there. And he went on the radio and he said, look, we know what this guy's worth to us. He's going to get paid. I know it's not even close to what Aaron Judge is going to get paid. But I think if they went the extra year and, you know, a little bit more money to pay DJ LeMahieu, there's no reason they shouldn't do that for Judge. Um, and the thing I like about Judge, too, is he doesn't really attract drama. Um, he says the right things. He is Jeter-esque in a lot of ways. I know we kind of, a lot of us say that a little bit loosely and there's really no comparing anybody to Derek Jeter because he's a legend in his own right. Probably uh, uh, you're never going to replicate that career ever again. Um, but he says the right things all the time. And, you know, you talk about losing a franchise icon, which has like morale impact on, on the entire clubhouse, on the fan base. 
you know, you look at fan bases like the Cubs who recently came to town, they were stripped of, you know, any, any pride and, and happiness that they, for world series drought for that long, whether it was actually the curse, whether it was, they let guys walk, whether it was, they made the wrong decisions. You can't do this. And one team that did it this off season, and we entirely don't know who is responsible for it because all this drama is going on is the Braves with Freddie Freeman. So Adam and I, for so long, we're talking about Freddie Freeman's a perfect Yankees fit. You get him in pinstripes. This is a great veteran to have on your team. Left-sided power, defensive stalwart, always on the field. I think he's missed seven games over the past four years, something crazy. Um, But this is an example of exactly what you're talking about. You let a franchise icon walk. I know the Braves are doing well right now, but now you have this residual drama where you – you know, the Braves are going to be asked a lot of questions about this. I don't know if you're fully caught up on all this, Jason, but it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I know the Dodgers are arguably in a worse spot right now because they have to deal with it um, on top of the multitude of injuries that they have with the Padres on their heels and everything. It's a very difficult situation, but I think this is something you could potentially run into if you let a guy of judge's magnitude walk. I know there might not be the drama like there was with this agent stuff, but you watch judge perform like he like he is now for two to three years. And then you're looking, Oh, could we have won another world series? So I don't think they're going to let that happen because they see the risk there and they know what could result and how it could affect. You've seen Yankee fans revolt over nothing over, you know, we got mad over them trading Mike Talkman last April, nothing, a nothing trade that actually ended up benefiting us a lot. Um, so Yankees fans have gotten up in arms um, over much less. Um, and now you look at this Freddie Freeman stuff who supposedly was a fit for the Yankees and now I don't really know anymore. I, I don't, th- this is so complicated. You don't know what's true. You don't know what's not. Freddie's kind of, you know, holding his cards close to his chest. You're not really knowing how he's feeling outside of, you know, seeing his emotions when he was in Atlanta. How did you feel about the Yankees pursuit of him? Uh, we can get into the drama all we want, but this was early in the off in November, as early as November, right after he won the world series with the Braves, this was a big talking point because Anthony Rizzo was plan C Freddie Freeman was number one. Matt Olson trade was number two because the Yankees had all the ammo to trade for him. And now you're looking at it and you're like, I kind of prefer Rizzo right now over all of those, all of those options. I, I, you know, I, I definitely wanted Rizzo back, but if there was an opportunity to upgrade, if they weren't going to do shortstop, I thought Freddie Freeman was a logical one, but whatever Cashman did here, fit the puzzle pieces together nicely Nonetheless, how are you feeling about the Freeman drama? Did you want Rizzo back? Were you intrigued by Olsen? What, what, what were your feelings there? Uh, I was actually focused more on third base. Um, yeah. I wasn't wasn't thrilled, still not thrilled with the fact they brought Donaldson in. Um, it was a bit of a curious move, yeah. especially considering um, the, uh, the friction between him and Cole, um, having them both on the same team. Uh, plus his numbers uh, just weren't um, Donaldson numbers and he's a different type of personality. I didn't know how we would fit within the Yankees clubhouse. The Yankees clubhouse doesn't seem as big um, a drama as I thought it might be with Donaldson, although there's a little bit, um, but um, I really didn't, didn't like that move. So that really took my attention for first base. Um, I thought we did have a solution already in place. And that was, we had so many infielders with Donaldson coming in that you just put LeMahieu at, at first because the guy could play anywhere. I mean, he could, he could probably play um, on the court of another sport for all I know. I mean, the guy is just so talented and not that it's his natural position, but certainly um, I thought they might go that route because we just had a, a variety of talent, um, you know, with infield uh, being um, certainly a big target for a lot of the young talent coming up that I wasn't so much focused on first. Um, if, if Freeman wound up being a Yankee, great. I would have embraced that. Um, I, I know he's, uh, incredibly talented. Um, same thing with Olsen. And I was certainly happy in having Rizzo back, knowing full well what he's been able to accomplish both uh, offensively and defensively. Um, yeah, I was, I was really excited to see how he would do with the full season under his belt. And my God, I think it's working out. Okay. So, uh, plus he's a good fit personality wise. And maybe that's what led to the whole thing because, um, we don't know the dynamics behind the scenes, right? We don't know if like a Stanton or a judge or a LeMahieu said to somebody, listen, this is a Yankee, you know, let, let's bring him in. Why are we looking elsewhere and taking a risk? Well, we already know this guy's a Yankee. And, um, uh, I really like, again, what he's saying, what he's doing. Um, he's playing under pressure. 
He's producing under pressure. We know he could do that because he did that in, in Chicago, which is no small town. Um, but, um, you know, let's face it, New York, particularly Yankee Stadium, is, is the biggest stage uh, and certainly um, has the, the most pressure on anybody to win. And right now the guy is coming through in, in big time situations at the end of games uh, while we're behind um, and he's got a big stick. So we, we, um, we locked out or we made the right move, however you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I'm very, very happy with that. Now third base is a different story um, because I, I still do think that was a, um, a poor move. Um, I, I'm not a fan of that move. And did you want Lemay- Gio? Did you want to keep Gio? I did want to keep Gio, but also I, I mean, you got LeMahieu again, who, yeah. I mean, the guy's got a, a gun. He's great defensively. Um, you know, yes, his numbers are a little bit down, but the guy's always a threat to uh, make something happen when you need it. And he's a really tough um, at bat for any, any pitcher. Um, the other thing, and I'm just going back to the judge comment, if you don't mind, but sure. what happens to Stanton when judge, you know, if judge was not to be a Yankee, I mean, I think he's benefited tremendously through that camaraderie and knowing that he's not the only, you know, giant on the team, literally and figuratively, right? Um, so you you probably would see a massive dip in Stanton as well because they're feeding off of each other. Absolutely. So I don't want that to be lost also. But yeah, first base, that's that drama is going to continue for quite some time. Um I will say that drama did involve the Yankees. Uh, it would have been uh, an even more escalated story oh, yeah. because Yankee fans are, you know, some of the smartest fans on the planet, but they're also some of the uh, uh, the most vocal fl- uh, fans on the planet. I know because I'm one of them. I think this whole thing illuminates. It's both things for me. It illuminates how reactionary fans can be just based on what we saw this offseason when they did not sign Freddie Freeman, the immediate screaming, the immediate discussions of Rizzo's a third option, et cetera, and cut to now when Rizzo is a perfect fit. You know, we like you said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but whatever it is is benefiting Anthony Rizzo and the Yankees. Meanwhile, uh, Freddie Freeman not only was not on the table, but requested to be off everyone's table, as we are to understand, you know, is somebody who told his representatives, pull a leverage play. So when we're in the offseason sitting here staring at tweets saying the Yankees are more of a possibility than you think for Freddie Freeman, don't rule out the Yankees for Freddie Freeman. And we're sort of rolling our eyes going, I think we're still going to rule them out though. It still kind of feels like we can rule them out. Um, it turns out that that's, you know, that was a legitimate impulse that if he had gotten what he wanted, if we are to believe what we're hearing that he would have stayed in Atlanta. And I don't know. I can't imagine the, the world where we don't have Anthony Rizzo we are paying someone who is potentially playing with a hole in his heart for the next six years uh, versus Anthony Rizzo. Either this year he stays for another year or he opts out. It's such a short-term commitment. He's been an unbelievable fit. And uh, if, if somebody was a, if somebody was a Yankee and they missed their old home and they made that very known and then left a series with their old team and fired all of their agents and clean house, you are right. We would never hear the end of this. Um, and this whole offseason, the surprise of the Donaldson move, um, you know, whether it works or not, the jury is still out. But to the complete shock of that, the diluting yourself into thinking you're getting Freddie Freeman when it's clear now there was never a chance at that. There was a period before the lockout where the Yankees were not only in the market for Justin Verlander, but they were the favorites for Justin Verlander, people said. And then it came out this this week. Joel Sherman talked to Justin Verlander and he said, I barely talked to the Yankees. Uh, they they came in at the very end and uh, you know I was they were basically a non-factor. I was always going back to Houston, which say what you will. I, I think if we had Justin Verlander on this team, I don't really know what that experience is like. Again, it's hard to say they'd be better than fifty-six and twenty. But maybe they'd be better than fifty-six and twenty. They'd certainly match up a little bit better in a postseason series, and the Astros wouldn't be hanging over their heads quite so much. Um, but just to think that this whole offseason was spent saying, "Where's Carlos Correa? Where's Trevor Story?" why couldn't we finish Justin Verlander? And then it turns out we were never in on Verlander. We had moves in our, up our sleeve that no one was considering. Uh, we, you know, Freddie Freeman was a smokescreen all along. And then at the end of the day, Brian Cashman pushed six buttons. We never anticipated and created a team that is matching the best record in Yankees history through June 30th. Who would have ever possibly thought that that would happen? Uh, Jason, 
it's been such a pleasure having you with us. Uh, before we go, before I let you go, you have an incredible uh, Mariano Rivera story that I would be remiss if I didn't open up the floor for you to tell on the show. Um, would you like to tell that story now? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, Mariano and I had, had done a lot of work um, years ago together. And uh, one of those um, engagements was uh, he was a spokesperson, uh, one of his first instances of being a, a, corp- a corporate spokesperson for a brand of jewelry. Um, it was a company called Michael C. Fina, uh, which was in the heart of Manhattan. It's a place where you go to get like um, high-end jewelry, particularly engagement rings and such. And we did something called the first and last engagement at Yankee Stadium uh, because Yankees um, never really hosted um, having somebody propose uh, in the stadium, at least publicly, right? So we brought Mariano in. Um, Michael Cifina did the relationship with the Yankees to, to do that, um, that interesting engagement on the field. And then we, we had a, a presser at Michael Cifina. And um, there, there are two parts of that story. Um, so thank you for reminding me of that story. One was um, I did uh, message train him so he could get familiar with exactly what it is we're trying to convey uh, to uh, a lot of couples that are looking to get engaged and where to go for their engagement ring and the connections between uh, Michael Cifina and the first and last engagement at Yankee Stadium. Um, and I gave him some note cards to, to just you know, get more familiar with the messaging. And uh, right before the event, he just kept resorting back to those cards. So I took the cards away and said, speak from the heart. And he nailed it. So we got on stage. Um, we, we opened the uh, presentation, lots of media in the audience. And he starts by saying, where's Jason? And I'm like, oh no, what's going on, right? We have big time media outlets there. And he's like, Jason wanted me to read from these cards but I'm going to speak from the heart. So he threw me under the bus and that was okay because the event went great. Um, But afterwards, when, when it was all over, um, I had to get a present for my wife. Uh, I didn't forget that. um, Although it was very possible that I would forget it. And I said, Mariano, I, I, you know, excuse me, I've got to go shopping. He's like, Oh, can I come? I'm like, sure. (laughs) Of course. You know, uh, one of the greatest ever um, going shopping to figure out what to get for my wife. Absolutely. So there were, there were um, two uh, products that I was um, considering and I said, I can't make a decision. Uh, Mo, what do you think? And he's like that one and tell your wife that you got some help out of the bullpen to close the deal. And um, we we had a picture of him pointing at that, um, that piece and we put it, I put it in the card and I said, I, I needed some help out of the bullpen. I brought in the, a person to really close it. So I hope you like it. And she loved it. She loved the story. Mariano was such a champ. Um, he's one of the most wholesome individuals you could ever uh, be lucky enough to meet. Forget about sports. But then you think about sports, he's certainly right up there amongst the top. So he's fantastic. What he does um, in the city of New York, what he does down in Panama is absolutely um, tremendous. And um, we're very proud. I'm sure the two of you are as well to have him as one of the greatest Yankees, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Yeah. My uh, fiance called a potential proposal at Yankee stadium, her literal nightmare. Uh, That's a direct (laughs) quote. I was told that I think uh, 50 to 60 times. And so I did not do it, Uh, but just it's, it's refreshing to hear that there's a better world where that goes, you know, like a there, you can tie in Yankee stadium with a proposal. You could do it nicely. You could do it well. You could do it. Uh, emotionally and and uh one of the greatest closures of all time is, is down is down to help um jason thank you so much for uh for hanging out with us and spending so much time with us is there anything you'd like to plug uh that we did not get to before we wrap up the show well we do have the um the unified cup coming up in detroit it's uh it starts on the 31st of july and it goes through the first week of of august and it's um our soccer players from all over the world coming together to uh, not only compete, but to remind the world that inclusion for people with intellectual disabilities is absolutely critical. We'll be doing some health activities there as well. Um, also, our work on the education side will be um, on the the big stage too. So we'll have a lot going on. A lot of people just know us for sports, but we're also health, education, and leadership. And Gleyber Torres and Wilson Contreras um, gave us that uh, that platform to talk about it at Yankee Stadium when they saw each other. 
Um, and we're just grateful to have tremendous partners like Toyota, who's uh, one of the sponsors of that particular event, and our health partners in both the Galasano Foundation and the CDC that does a lot of work with us on the health front. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, it's been great talking Yankees baseball. I could do that 24 hours a day. I'm sure you guys can too. And uh, hopefully we get a chance to do this again. Yeah, hopefully we'll have you back for a, maybe a parade cameo. Um, again, knocking on the same wood I knocked on earlier. Um, yeah, this could be a very special season. Happy to share it with you. And thanks so much for coming on for uh, and for working with us and for giving us the opportunity to, to get involved with so many of the enlightening things that we've gotten a chance to get involved with. Yeah, and if you don't mind, um, uh, if folks uh, are interested in learning more, just go to specialolympics.org and follow us on social media at Special Olympics. Perfect. Thanks so that, much, Jason. Appreciate it. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, you can find us every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Uh, drop us a mailbag question in that review. If you've got a mailbag question for us, we'll cover it on a future episode. We're also live on YouTube and Twitter, 2 o'clock Eastern, on Mondays and Thursdays next week. Obviously, you won't catch us on Monday. That is the 4th of July holiday. I hope you're all enjoying your hot dogs, hamburgers, and not watching Yankees baseball because that's what Major League Baseball does. Uh, they schedule every other team other than America's most iconic team for the national holiday meant to celebrate this beautiful <laughs> country and its pastime. So enjoy a hot dog, apple pie, and Cubs Padres, I guess. No Yankees, unfortunately. Um, I am Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Uh, Jason, uh, you can follow, uh, obviously, Special Olympics on Twitter and follow Jason personally as well. Uh, Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us um, on YanksGoYard.com. That's where our bylines are. Talk to us on the official YanksGoYard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. Uh, one more thanks. Uh, big thanks here to uh, Jason Teitler, again, the Special Olympics Senior Vice President of Global Communications and Brand. It's great having you on. Um, we're happy to talk about the Yankees, and we hope you have a great long weekend, man. Thank you. You too. It's been a pleasure. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals no matter how complex they may be real wealth requires real solutions for more information connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com that's c-o-r-i-e-n-t.com corient.com